Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Bob is with you live. Tell it like it is radio show. What is the date today anyway? We've got, um, let me look here. We got October 10th, 2021. So if you're listening to that right now, uh, that's the date. I'm live in the studio and lucky I'm alive. I was preaching off the pulpit today. In fact, I'm not standing on the, um, somebody asked if I was, Brother Jones just texted me, wondered, and Brother uh, Yoder wondered if I was standing on the uh, on the counter here in the radio studio. No, I'm not. I'm sitting in a chair. But I there's kind of a story of why I was up on the pulpit today. Stand, I was standing on the pulpit in church, but I just wanted to show those young hotshot preachers that anybody can do that. Got people listening tonight. You can text me, part of the program. Oh, by the way, this is the Tell It Like It Is radio show, Pastor Bob from Dickinson, North Dakota, and we are broadcasting live from a AM radio station called KDIX. It's a live radio broadcast and also picked up on the Internet by KDIX's website and Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2, and I guess later you can just Google Pastor Bob Simons and you can find it anywhere on a podcast. So you can um, look through that. We've got Let's see who are who's all listening tonight. We, I should look at this. Brother Griffith, did, no, Sister Yvonne and Marin won the award for the first textures. Brother Griffith, I think, was second, um, or no, no, he was the first one. Sorry. And we have um, Ben Yoder listening out in Pennsylvania, and we've got Lori out in Southart. Stacy listening tonight in Minot. Uh, tonight we've got. Um, some of you that I don't know, but I, some of you I know, Brother Jones listening in Minneapolis, Tim listening in North Carolina, 
Nathaniel is listening in Park River, North Dakota, and uh, brother, let's see, this is a uh, brother Paul listening in Wapaton. I didn't bring my guitar, brother Paul. I was going to, but I just ran myself out of, out of time. Brother Joe listening in Texarkana, Arkansas. Sister Bretz is listening tonight, and Sister Bretz is the speaker at our ladies' meeting tonight. So that's going <laughs> to be good. It's going to be a. Uh, she's a very uh, sweet lady, very interesting lady, and just uh, I'm sure she'll do a great job. She's doing a devotion there. You can text me and be part of this broadcast, 701-290-7862. I've got one email so far tonight, robertsimons58 at gmail.com, and the email is from a friend of mine, Stormy slash Billy, who lives in the Philippines, and he's listening. It's morning there, but he's listening in the Philippines this morning, and um, and so I, I don't know how many hours different we are, but I know it's a lot. And so he's he's over there in the Philippines. I'd like to go over there someday. Maybe I will. The uh, New Life Pentecostal Church at 501 Elks Drive is a great church. We had a lot of visitors there in church today. Had a really good service. Had a really neat surprise today. There there was a, a man and his wife and kids, uh, Louis, Louis, and Abby, that were coming to our church about three years ago or so, two and a half years ago, and they... they um, you know, weren't really totally discipled yet. Uh, they'd been coming to church. They liked our church. They moved to Oregon, and there's a brother star out there that they ended up uh, going to his church, got in the church. They were married because they hadn't been married here. They got baptized in Jesus' name, received the Holy Ghost. Then they wound up in Texas, and now they're going to a church in Wichita, Kansas. And I had him testify in our church just Exciting to see what God's doing in his life and his family. His three children have the Holy Ghost, and and um, we were just so excited to have them in church. And then there was another man that testified in church. He, he's a decorated war hero that was served in Iraq. He was injured in an explosion, and he um, has been in pain on pain pills for over ten years. And he he was uh, he just made his way to God couple months ago and God took his pain away and now he's not on any type of medication uh, very very serious injuries he's been hiking now he's been doing all kinds of things <clears throat> it was a real great testimony to build people's faith I've got a frog in my throat brother um, Paul asked if I brought my guitar but I'm glad I didn't I, I don't think I would have done I would have probably squeaked um, he wants me to play brother Bill Farron music maybe I, I got some stuff lined up already brother Paul all right, well, I've been just kind of goofing around here, just talking, but tonight I want to just kind of talk about what I talked about in church today, and um, I don't always do that, but lately I've been doing that. It's certainly easier for me, because it's already in my head. If you are listening tonight, and you were in our church service this morning, there'll probably be additional things that I say, and I'll probably leave out some things that I said in church, my my wife is glad of that. She 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 was afraid I insulted somebody about a pink shirt that they were wearing. I don't think so. I think they the, us men are pretty tough. You know, we can we can make fun of each other. You ladies, you guys are kind of kind of sensitive. I want to talk about the test because there's a big picture in life, the test that we should run everything by before we do it. The test that we should every action Every thought, 
everything we put into our mind, we should run it through these four tests that I'm going to talk about. We'll get into some scripture here in a minute. But number one, does it glorify sin? Number two, does it glorify God? Number three, is it a wise use of our time? And number four, what direction is it taking us or pointing us to? These are the four things we're going to ask today and everything we do. And I asked our church, if they would, to make a journal this week and just see what they're doing with their time. Because sometimes it's hard to know what you're doing with your time. And so I asked them to do it. I'm going to do it, and I'm interested in it, although it's going to kind of skew (laughs) the results because it's kind of like we know it's a test, so we're going to have the right answers this week. But number one, let me just get right into this. Does it glorify sin? Anything we do, does it glorify sin? You know, this is fairly obvious if you're a believer, but why would we do anything that glorifies sin. Now, I I realize there are people that don't know what sin is, and maybe even brand-new Christians, brand-new believers don't realize what sin is. But as God shows us, we need to be done with it. That's part of what repentance is all about, being done with the sin business. And and once we find out what sin is, you know, in Romans chapter 1, there's a list of things, and I'm just reading it out of the Living Bible, but... Uh, It says their lives become full of every kind of wickedness. This is Romans one twenty nine: Sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, uh, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, gossip, backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, boastful. They invent new ways of sinning. That's interesting. They refuse to understand, disobey parents. They break their promises. They're heartless. They have no mercy. And then in Romans one thirty two in the King James, it says this, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And so, do our actions, do the things that we partake of, do we get pleasure even watching other people sin? Now, I probably will touch on this several times tonight, but at the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, I encourage everybody to get rid of their television sets, to stop watching movies. Um, and if you're in leadership in, in our church, I not only encourage you to do it, but I ask you not to do that. And the leadership in our church, I, I know, agrees with me on this. Some people think that's like an extracurricular Bible rule. But is it really? Is there? Are there things on television that glorify sin. You know, when I was uh, in college, my wife and I were going to college in Valley City, North Dakota, and I I had just been baptized in Jesus' name. I had given my life to Jesus. I had repented, been baptized, had not received the Holy Ghost yet. But I was watching television in my apartment, in our apartment, and I was getting more upset the more I watched. Now, a week or two before that, I was watching television all the time and it didn't bother me. But now it was really bothering me because it was upsetting me. I had never seen before, I had never realized before how anti-God this was. Now, this was the late 70s. 
like in 78. TV was not near as bad as it is now. One day my dad came up to see us. Uh, he, he would come up and drive up, sometimes my mom and dad, sometimes my just, just my dad alone. And I said, Dad, you want to load this TV up and take it back home with you? It's yours anyway. It was a TV that I had <coughs> borrowed from him. And he said, well, what are you guys going to watch? I said, we're not watching it anyway. So he took it back to Bismarck, and that was the last time I ever had a television set in my house. Why? I mean, why would Pastor Bob do something like that? Because one of the tests of anything that enters into our mind, does it glorify sin? You see, the way I'm going to get to the Scripture in Romans here in a little bit. I started with it in our church service. But in Romans, it talks about that we should not be conformed to this world. We need to be transformed by changing our thinking and our senses, what we take in through our senses can change our thinking, especially when we take them in as entertainment. Now, there are things that go around us all the time that we don't agree with. Maybe you work on a job site full of men that curse like sailors. Well, that's not good, but you're not there to listen to them curse. You're there to work. <clears throat> and and so does it glorify sin? Is that that should be the first test. Like anything that we do, any act that we partake of, does it glorify sin? Number two, does it glorify God? Now, we need to move past what's wrong with things and start talking about maybe what's what's right with things. Like, there are things that are not right or wrong. There are things that are not good or evil, but they're not good. They're just somewhere in the middle. You know, uh, like, let's stop asking what's wrong with something. Maybe we should ask what's right with it. Now, the purpose that we were created with was to give glory to God. Our worship, our lifestyle. Jesus said in Matthew five sixteen, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so our this light shining before men is supposed to help other people glorify God. And then in Roman or excuse me, first Corinthians six and twenty, for you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, which belong to God. You know, this, everything that we do, everything that we run through our mind, you know, I, I probably need to read Romans 12, 1 and 2. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, <coughs> that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Living Bible of verse 2 said, But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn how to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so we've got to be so careful that we don't just put, you know, not, evil things into our mind, but that we start putting good things into our mind. You know, um, this, this, um, 
you know, this, it can tell you a lot about a person, whether they love the things of God or not. It can tell you a lot about yourself. You know, like today we, our service went a little longer and I, I'm, I'm pretty conscious of that, you know, and, and I'll tell you why I am because we always have a lot of visitors there and I, I really don't want to just wear them out, you know, if they're not used to being in church. So I, I'm, I'm somewhat conscious of long services. I am. And, um, and we had two testimonies and, and, um, a special song and I got up to preach and it was probably a quarter to, um, 12. And I knew that I had a message that I felt like God wanted me to preach. And so I knew it was going to be a longer message, but you know, it didn't seem like it bothered anybody. But to ask the question, what time is church going to be over? That's, and here again, I, I want you to know, I don't believe in prolonging services. You know, I, I don't think it's it's good. I think I, don't, I, I think we should try to move things along and, and so on. Unless there's a move of God there, and then at that point, we're going to just wait on God. But this, you know, worldliness is is anything that takes the place of God's things in our life. Like, you know, one of the tragedies now is that children are being um, mesmerized with iPads, cell phones, and all kinds of uh, digital games to the point where they can't even go to church without being bored sometimes. See, that's worldliness. They can't even do their schoolwork in school. They can't hardly do chores without a giant fight that parents have. See, sometimes it's not whether it's good or evil. It's whether, is it, is it, uh, is it pointing me towards God? Does it glorify God? First John 2.15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Jesus said in Matthew six twenty four, No man can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, this world that it's talking about here would not necessarily qualify in the mammon what we would call evil. But anything that takes our mind off of God and his rightful position in our life, causes us to break the greatest commandment, which is to love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. How can you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength when you are in love with other things? So a practical definition of worldliness is anything in a Christian's life that causes him to lose his enjoyment of the Father's love or his desire to do the Father's will. Anything like that is worldly, and it must be avoided. Anything that takes the place of God is an idol. Anything that in our lives that dulls our, our love for spiritual things or, or makes it easy for us to sin is worldly, and we must get rid of it. So, number one, <coughs> are your actions glorifying sin? Number two, do they glorify God? We're going we're gonna to get into this tonight a little more because uh, I have three and four, and I'm going to spend some time there. Text me tonight. The uh, number is 
701-290-7862. And I'm going to be playing some old Lance Appleton music tonight. that I ever listened to or albums back then when I first got in the church. Somebody gave me two Lance Appleton albums and I made them eight-track tapes. Pastor Bob here the Tell It Like It Is show. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862 or email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. An unnamed person texted me and said, Good point. When I got saved, I stopped watching TV and watching movies. 
My only desire was to serve and obey the Lord. Since then, I compromised by watching a so-called Christian TV show, Touched by an Angel. Twenty-five years later, I watch too much TV and go to the movie theaters. Now my relationship with the Lord is not where it used to be, and I struggle to obey the Lord. See, that's why, and you know, I want to encourage this person, if they're still listening, uh, you know, you can get back. You know, you really can. We have to we have to run everything through this grid. You know, number one, does it glorify sin? Number two, does it glorify God? Number three, is it a wise use of my time? You know, I think this is you know we're 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 kind of breaking this down a little bit because there are things that are not evil, but they're just not a good use of our time. And that's why I challenged our church for the whole week: keep a journal of what you do. You know, as much as you can. I realize it's not. Some people are maybe can keep a better journal, but I started today after church. You know, after church, I went out to lunch with some people till about three o'clock. I came home, I took a little nap. At uh, five o'clock, I went over to the church to get ready for this radio broadcast. Came home, uh, visited with some of my grandkids, and one of my sons was at my house and his wife. Now I'm down at the radio show. I'm going to try to just do that this whole week and just see what I do. You know, see, try to, you know, uh, see what, am I using my time wisely? Uh, There are more time wasters today than ever before, and I think that's true. I I do. I I think that's true. There's something fascinating about the digital world. Um, You know, I, I have, I don't play computer games. As I mentioned earlier, I don't have a television set. I don't watch the movies. Uh, in any type of movie, I I try to keep my way. You know, people say, well, "What about the good movies, Pastor Bob?" They're just a, they're not a good use of my time. You know, so I'm going to stay away from it. I have an addictive personality, so I just I'm very careful. I I don't play computer games. I don't play solitaire on my computer. Um, you know, there was a period of time that I was playing chess on my iPad. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you're taking too much time on this. And I got off of that. I still enjoy a good game of chess and um, in person if I have time. But, but um, you know, so mindless activity has no purpose, that has no purpose, needs to be weeded out of our lives. We've got bigger fish to fry than just wasting our life on solitaire. Um, you know, just like a garden needs to be weeded out constantly and attended to, it, this is the way our lives need to be weeded out with wasted time um, traps. You know, uh, people, many times people say they're busy. Like there are people, and I, I hope they're listening tonight. I'm not afraid to say this. I hope there are people. But there are people listening that we have a great church and a lot of, you know, it's it's a good-sized church and, We've got a building that will hold a lot more people. We're growing and starting some daughter churches. You know, things are going okay. But there are still people <coughs> that don't come to church faithfully. Some people hardly ever come at all. And some of those people actually believe that they're too busy to come to church. They really believe that. But I bet they waste time on their phone. They waste time doing all kinds of things. This phone thing has gotten kind of ridiculous. I mean, like, 
Pastor Bob, the only time I'm really away from my phone is when I'm in church. Or, and even then, you know, like like I use my phone to Bluetooth music during the prayer meeting uh, before church every service. You know, I, I uh, now I leave my phone in my office when we do our men's Bible study every Friday morning at 6. But, I, I you know, I can, and all of us know the, like the feeling you get when you drive away from home, oh, I forgot my phone. I don't know why we're like this. But that phone has become a time waster. Is what we're doing a good use of our time? People say they're busy, too busy to come to church. If you're too busy to come to church, you're too busy. So I propose to you that some things about our time. I want to just tell you some things that are good uses of our time. Number one, work. Work is a good use of our time. Uh, there's a In Romans chapter 12, 9 through 11, it said, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Of course, we covered that. You know, don't glorify sin. Glorify God. So abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. In honor, preferring one another. So love people. And it says, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Work hard. Working is working hard is a good use of our time. Right now in America, we have got a problem, a huge problem going on. Like I own a business, we can't get materials. There are still so many people that are not working. And um, it's going to really hurt our country. It really is. You know whose idea work was originally? It was, wasn't the devil's. <laughs> Some people think it was. it was. It was God. God was the inventor of work. Genesis 2.15, he said he put man in the garden to dress it and to keep it, take care of it. Adam, when he was created, Adam and Eve, they had a job. <clears throat> you know, the idle minds, the devil's workshop, get busy. Get working. You say, oh, I'm retired. Work. You know, do you, does your church need painting? Or, I mean, like, like, what are you going to do? Re- be retired and just play solitaire? You know, it doesn't matter if you're financially retired. Not doing anything is bad for you. Well, I, I don't have good br- health, brother, Pastor Bob. So you can't work? You can't? You know, there are so many jobs nowadays that you can do without even leaving your home. And what about your home? Why not keep it clean? Why not keep it picked up? See, work is a good use of your time. And being a good worker, I believe, is part of what being a true disciple of Jesus is. You know, you look in a book of Proverbs, like Proverbs 24 and 30, it talks about the field of this lazy person. And and Solomon said it was all grown over with thorns. A stone wall was broken down. He said, I looked on it and received instruction. Solomon said, you know, you're going to be lazy like that. You're going to be poor eventually. You know, some people think that they, they think that ed, lack of education causes poverty. I'll tell you what causes poverty is laziness. 
I know plenty of people that never had an education that are doing just fine because they work. Some of my Amish friends, some of them didn't go to school. I don't know what, Ben, you're listening to me tonight. What 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 grade do Amish kids go to school and then they quit school? I don't even know. Is it eighth grade, ninth grade? Do they go to high school, the Amish kids? A lot of my Amish, Ben, you know, he's, he's a salesman out in Pennsylvania listening to me. I know he's doing well. He's making probably more money than people with master's degrees and PhDs. And you, you, Radio Land doesn't know Ben, so I don't care. But I'm not trying to embarrass him or give him a big head. But I'm just telling you that that's because of work ethic. And and work is a good use of our time. Proverbs twenty six thirteen says, "The slothful man saith, there's a lion in the in the way. A lion is in the street.'" In other words, he he's not going to go to work. He's not going to go out of his house because of what might happen to him. Sounds like COVID just about. And then it goes on to say, as the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. You got a picture of this guy hinged to his bed, can't even get out of bed. Man just texted me, eighth grade. He went to eighth grade. But you see, the way our, our country's set up, hard work will get you somewhere. That's why immigrants come here. You know, we've got immigrants in our church that came here and couldn't speak any English. They're doing just fine. They're living the American dream as far as the financial side of it. Let me get back to Proverbs 26. The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom. It grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. It reminds me of how my dad used to quip. He'd say, I used to eat till I got full. Now I eat till I get tired. <laughs> in other words, his arm couldn't move his arm anymore. And then it goes on to say, the sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. So, laziness makes you think a certain way, a negative way that it can't be done. You got all the lucky breaks, Pastor Simons, Pastor Bob, and I never got any. Well, it it may be true. You know, it may be true that I got some lucky breaks. I believe being born in America was a lucky break. I, I believe that. But you still have to work. If you get an education when you get done with college, you still have to work. This idea that some people, I think, go to college thinking they won't have to work. <laughs> but I'll tell you, you can get that four-year degree, that master's degree, that Ph.D., and you're going to find out no matter what degree you have, you're going to have to work. So, number one, a good use of our time is work. Number two, a good use of our time is loving others. That's a good use of our time, loving people. There's too much loving of ourselves going on. That brings depression. I, I, I'll be convinced of it till the day I die, that the rise in depression in the United States is directly correlated with the rise of, of um, narcissism and selfishness and people thinking about the, their own self too much. you got to get outside of your little world box, your little tiny box, and start looking at others. You know... Um, I'm going to say this because it bugs me, and it just came to my light again because somebody's misunderstanding something in the Bible. When Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he said to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love others as yourself. And I have heard over the years, till I'm sick of it, well, you won't be able to learn to love others until you love yourself. Baloney. 
That's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, you love yourself already. Love others like that. Oh, Pastor Bob, I know somebody that hates themselves. People that say they hate themselves, folks, don't hate themselves. They just feel bad about some things they've done and are embarrassed about it. You know, it's it's kind of like, you know, people that, that, I mean, you know, there's so many people that say things like that, that, you know, I hate myself. I, you know, I, I, um, you know, no, you don't hate yourself. The Bible, Paul said, no man's ever hated himself. You know, we love ourselves. Jesus said, love others that way. That's a good use of your time. My wife, now I'm not going to say she's the greatest, but she is among the greatest grandmothers that, now she is a great grandmother, but I don't know if she's listening and I kind of hope she's not. Sometimes during the radio show, she calls her mom. So maybe she's not listening tonight. And if she's not, don't tell her. I don't want her to get proud. But she is one of the greatest grandmothers there has ever been, in my opinion. My wife is a great grandmother. She doesn't care about herself. This afternoon, I came home from church and going out to eat, and I was kind of sleepy. So I took a nap in my chair. And my wife ran all afternoon with some of her granddaughters, just running here and running there and playing games with them. And I know she was just as tired as I was. You know, Sunday afternoons are made for naps. But loving others is a good... And let me just add this in here, too. If you love God, you love others, you work hard, when you sleep, you're going to sleep good because you'll put in a good day. People that can't sleep are people that aren't doing anything many times, unless they've got some kind of physical problem. Loving others is a good use of our time. Loving others is better than playing solitaire. Loving others is better than watching a movie or sitting in front of your television or being on your Facebook scrolling. I suppose Facebook can be a communication tool. But loving others is, you know, this is a good use of our time. First Peter chapter one twenty two says, "Love." Oh, you know what? I'm not going to finish this. Wow! I just looked at the clock. Love one another with a pure heart, fervently. Spouses, you know, we need to love our spouses. We need to love our children. We need to love our parents. We need to love our friends. We need to love everybody. So, number one, does it does your does it glorify sin? Your t- what you're doing with your time. Number two, does it glorify God? Number three, is it a good use of your time? You know, let me just say this. Learning is a good use of your time. Learning not only the Scripture. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. So we need to learn the Scripture, but learning a lot of things. Uh, learning new new language could be a good use of your time. Somebody brought it up to me after church today. Uh, Brendan did. He said, um, it depends on why you're learning it, too. Like, are you learning a new language so that you can communicate the gospel with somebody? That's a good use of your time. Learning to play a musical instrument could be a good use of your time if you want to use it for the glory of God. Learning history can be a good use of your time. It can it could make you a more interesting speaker, or maybe you can open the door while people are talking and they would be interested in what you have to say and you can 
work the gospel into it because you're an educated person. Education does not necessarily mean going to school or college. There's a lot of ways to get. There's a place called Hillsdale College. It's an online college. Most of their courses, many of their courses are free. There's there's college courses, high school courses all over the Internet. If you're a little weak on math, take a course on it. Math will open many doors. Math, boy, am I off the topic, but math will even help you think better. Because math skills help us with our deduction process. I I believe that. You know, so learn to spell. You know, (laughs) my mom doesn't even know if, sometimes she wonders if I even know English very well because I don't put my words together just as good as I should. But you know what, mom, I could learn to do better. You know, play Scrabble. (laughs) That'll help you learn to spell. Unless you make up these goofy words that some people I play against use. Praying is a good use of your time. You know, praying is a good use of your time. I have a prayer list. I know I've talked about it on the air. There's a lot of people on this prayer list. I'm not bragging, but if you start a prayer list, you're going to find out it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're hesitant to take anybody off the prayer list unless, unless they're dead. So my prayer list, I think, has like 600 people on it now, and I pray for these people every day. On Sundays, sometimes I don't pray for it until after the radio show. I've got some of them prayed for today, but I'm not done. But that's not a waste of my time tonight when I go home. It won't be a waste of my time. Stormy, if you're listening, I pray for you and Norma every day over there in the Philippines, and Norma's family too. That's a good use of my time. You know, um, this is, uh, so number three, is it a good use of your time? And number four, what direction is it taking you? When we run everything through this test, you know, I'm going to repeat it again. Number one, does it glorify sin? Number two, does it glorify God? Number three, um, is it a good use of our time? And number four, we should ask ourselves, what direction is this taking us? Like, there are things that are, like, there's nothing wrong with uh, a career. But what if you had a choice, for instance, of a career that you could be in church two-thirds of the time, and it paid pretty good money? But there was another job that paid a little less money, and you could be in church every service. You see, sometimes we need to make decisions based on what direction it will take us. You know, I I, I don't want to say this because I can't say this because I don't believe it's true, but I mean, I don't believe I could verify this. I am not against people moving away from Dickinson because of finding a good job somewhere else or other reasons, good reasons to move, sometimes family reasons. But here's what I'm against. Leaving a church that preaches Acts 2.38 and still preaches holiness and explains what it is and then going to a church that doesn't do that, I'm against that. Because it's setting a direction for you and your family. What if you went to a church where you you didn't have a TV, you didn't watch TV, 
but all the other teenagers did. How do you think your kids would do there? What direction? How would a person be conformed to this world, like Romans 12, 2 said? Where do you think it would start? It would start in our minds. And our minds affect what we view, what we read, what we listen to. It affects our thoughts, and our thoughts affect our heart, who we really are. You know, I love Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 through 26. Verse 23 in the Living Bible says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And then verses 25 and 26 in the King James says, Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. You've got to know where you're going. Like you, you've got to know what the goal is, right? Like, do you have a godly dream for your life? It's going to take work to get there. Or are you just existing and filling up time and space? You could be a Pentecostal person in a Pentecostal church and not have a dream. You know, you, 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 uh, you're just, you're just existing. You just sit and watch your your uh, TV all day, and and um, you know you just play your games and look at your phone, and but you the dream that you have for your life that maybe God showed you is not going anywhere because of the direction. The reason Pentecostal churches seem kind of picky, good Pentecostal churches. I mean, they seem kind of picky about what they preach about. Well, I can't believe you'd preach against that. It's not what it is that we're preaching about sometimes. It's where it leads us. Like, like if I, if I, um, broke my leg and I was in the hospital and they gave me pain pills, I'm not saying it's a sin to take one. I'm not. I, if I said that, I'd be a hypocrite. I've had quite a few accidents in my life. <clears throat> but where does it lead me if I keep taking them? Where does it lead me when I can tolerate the pain, but I still pretend like I can't and keep taking them? See, every decision we make, no matter how small it is, will lead us somewhere. You know, there's a courthouse somewhere, and I don't know where it's at. I used to know where it was at. I used to tell the story a lot. But this courthouse is on on a continental divide. It was built on a continental divide. If rain falls on one side of the courthouse, it goes out the gutter in the downspout, and it ends up in the Great Lakes. It ends up going out into the Atlantic Ocean. If it falls on the other side of the courthouse... It ends up in the downspout and ends up in the Mississippi River system. And I guess there's some kind of sign or something explaining it all. Little decisions can make a big impact where we decide to go. 
where does it lead you? Like, in the grand scheme of things, have you ever heard that saying? I know sometimes it's it's made to say that we shouldn't worry about little things, but there is a grand scheme of things. Who was it? Um, Robert Burns wrote a poem called To a Mouse. <laughs> and um, and in one of the, I think one of the um, lines in the poem says the best laid schemes of mouse and man, and I think didn't John Steinbeck or somebody write a book of, of mice and men or something? Or what, I don't remember. My mom would know all that. But but there is we un, we need to understand why, like why we're doing things, why we're not doing things. You know, um, t- tonight my my goal is is not to answer how you're supposed to do things. But it's to give you and inform you of the why. Like we, we've got a heaven to go to. We've got a hell to avoid. We got a, a heaven to get a bunch of people to that we can influence. This is the issue of life. That's it. There isn't anything more than this. There's no future living for today. In fact, if I would have brought my guitar, I would have sang that song. It's called Lay It On Down by Bruce Carroll. Listen to it sometime. I won't have time to look it up here and play it for you. But lay it on down if it's in the way. It doesn't really matter what they're going to say. It doesn't. You know, there's no future living for today. The Lord is calling us all to lay it on down. You know, he's a, that is, I should have brought my guitar today. You know, The words, each of us hold things too close, too many treasures that mean the most to our lives. Our standard of living is way too high. Happiness is something we can't buy, no matter how we try. So we got to lay it on down if it's in the way. Really doesn't matter what they're going to say. If we listen too close to the world, it'll turn us around. Give it on up, it'll pass away. There's just no future living for today. The Lord is calling us all to lay it on down. I, as I mentioned earlier, I like to play chess. Um, I I would call myself humbly maybe an intermediate player. I'm, I'm not a beginner. I don't think I'm a pro. But I like to play it. I'm not bad. I'll tell you who I don't enjoy playing chess against are people that just move the pieces. Like, knowing how to move the pieces in chess... Like knowing what the rook can do, knowing what the knight can do, knowing what the bishop can do, knowing the kind of funny moves the pawn can make is not being a chess player. Knowing how the pieces move in chess is completely different than knowing why a piece should move to a particular place at a particular time. If you want to be a good chess player, You need to stop moving for the sake of moving and start asking yourself, why am I making this move? A good chess player doesn't waste very many moves. What direction are you going with your life? Are you getting closer to God or farther away? I mean, this, um, somebody said one time, you know, that when talking about knowing how to do doing something, knowing why you're doing it, I love this quote. The man who knows how will always have a job. The man that knows why will always be his boss. 
<laughs> I love that. Man, I should, I should incorporate that into my quotes all the time. The man who knows how will always have a job. The man that knows why will always be his boss. We need to ask ourselves in these four things that we look at every day, every decision. Number four, where will this take me? Where will this take my family? In Luke chapter 17 and verse 32, one of the shortest verses in the Bible simply said, Jesus simply said, remember Lot's wife. Lot's wife had made some decisions. And it seemed like she made one really bad decision on that last day. But many times that one bad decision is accumulation of many other smaller decisions. You know, if you're still listening to me, the person that told said that when you first came to God, you got rid of your TV and quit watching movies, but now you've went back to it and you're not close to God anymore. Doesn't the answer seem obvious? <clears throat> to get right with God, we need to start putting good things in our mind. We need to start making good use of our time. You know, what direction will it take you? You know, I'm hoping tonight that there'll be some TVs in the dumpsters in the morning when I drive around Dickinson. Maybe some uh, other drastic (laughs) things, hopefully. I'm hoping I'm, you know, I'm on this program to make an impact. I won't lie to you. I, I want to change your mind. That's what I want to do. I, I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed about it. I'm not bashful about it. I, I'm, uh, I'm not a, a, a rubber stamp preacher. You know, I'll just rubber stamp everything everybody does. Hey, what do you think about this, Pastor Bob? Oh, that's good. Yeah, good. No, I'm not that way. You know, um, this program has not been about just getting rid of TVs and movies but it's been one of the best things I've ever done. I've had enough trouble staying spiritual without that stuff. Just imagine if I would be submitting myself to myself to that garbage all day long. Work hard, love hard, sleep hard. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm on, I'm running out of time. Uh, let me see here. You can visit us this week, five hundred one Elks Drive. Our service. Wednesday night, 7.30, I believe I'm speaking. Uh, Friday mornings at 6 a.m. at our church is a men's Bible study, and that's open to anybody. Uh, if you just walk in, you're not going to feel like a stranger. Every, you'll know everybody there, and everybody's going to be glad to have you there. We usually have something to eat and some coffee, some water. And that goes from like 6. We start, you know, we meet at 6. We start the Bible study probably 10 after, 15 after, and then we eat and and um and have a a bible study um the man that teaches that leads that bible study he's got a phd in psychology if that means anything to you he um and he's always got some interesting things to say we have a um um sunday service sunday school at 10 i want you to know that if you need a ride i've been giving out my cell phone throughout the whole broadcast 2907862 the church number is 2647862. We'll give you a ride. We'll give your kids a ride to Sunday school. Sunday school starts at 10. There's adult Bible classes. Our church is all about discipling people. That's what we're about. 
We believe that you you get people to repent, to be baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then you start teaching them how to live for God so that they can lead others to God. And uh, that's what we do, and we have Sunday school for the kids, we have Sunday school for the adults. That goes from 10 till 10.50, and then at 11 o'clock or 5 after, we start our worship service. On Tuesday nights in Beach at 7.30 at the Beach Community Center, we have a new church there, and uh, they are working on a building to get that finished. And at, at that point, they'll have Sunday services too. But right now, just Tuesdays in Beach, that's 60 miles to the west of Dickinson. And then about 75 miles to the southwest of Dickinson and Bowman, we have church on 18 North Main, Thursday nights at 7.30, and Sunday mornings at 10.30. We've got churches all around this area, Beulah, Bismarck, Mandan, Minot, Williston, Newtown. <clears throat> so there are churches all, all around this western and central part of North Dakota. And so we can get you tied into those. <clears throat> Tonight, as I close the broadcast, I'll pray like I always do. Lord Jesus, I ask you to bless our listening audience. God, I pray that you help us to to realize, Lord, that we're either going to be conforming to you and to your nature, or we're going to be conforming to this world and eventually lose out with you. I pray that you help us to be wise, to look at where we're going. God, look at what direction we're heading. And every small action that we make, God, and every small decision that we make, that we would run it through this test of four things. And Lord, tonight also, just before I close the program, there's a there's a pastor in California named Gabe Koch, whose mother was in a car accident, and she's not doing well. And I ask you, Lord, to touch and heal her. God, I just pray that you would heal her. God, do a miracle. Sounds like she needs a miracle. And I just pray today, in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. There's a little girl named Kimberly. This is her favorite song. And I'm going to dedicate this to Kimberly. If you are with Kimberly or you know Kimberly, call her mom or dad and tell her, tune on quick because Pastor Bob's playing your favorite song. And here it is. In the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you to do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. Would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, apostolic tongue, talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Well, you won't catch me preaching on the street. I'm too shy to talk to people when we meet. Out on town square, a bunch of kids were gathered there, throwing beer cans at the law and shouting, Peace, peace, peace. Well, I did not intend to interfere, but someone started screaming in my ear. So I laid both hands on his head and I prayed while he turned red. And the other kid said, Let's get out of here. Born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've 
I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, brother. I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you to do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. Would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, apostolic tongue, talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. At school, not me. People will say that I'm not cool. But then one day I had enough of that evolution stuff. So I stood right up and I said, God's word is true. My teacher did not know what to do. It seemed like he was shaking in his shoes. Though he knew I meant no harm. Took me by the arm and said, son, what religion are you? I'm a one God, apostolic tongue, talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, sir. I believe in holiness and I suggested you to do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. Would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, apostolic, home talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. On the job, I never say a word. Uh-uh. I figure they all know I go to church. But when my boss man called me in for a tonic and some gin, I began to think perhaps he hasn't heard. So I said, no, sir, I am not the drinking kind. Accepting for a thing they call new wine. Woo! As he lost his cigar smoke, it seemed like he would choke. I proceeded to explain it one more time. I'm a one God. I'm so tongue talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, brother. I believe in holiness, and I suggest you to do the same. I was set free out of Pentecostal order on my knees, which pardon me if I'm not ashamed. Be a one God, I'm so tongue talking, holy, rolling, born again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.